After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Gail Mukaihata Hanneman, CEO of the Girl Scout Council of Hawaii and wife of Honolulu Mayor Mufi Hanneman. Gail is also the chairwoman of the Hawaii Alliance for Arts Education. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Gail Mukaihata Hanneman. Welcome to our show, Gail. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are the CEO of the Girl Scouts Council of Hawaii. Could mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about your role and what you do with them? Well, the Girl Scouts is obviously our focus is to help girls develop. And so um, there's a program side to it and there's a business side of it. And I oversee both aspects of, of the organization in that regard. And um, why did you get involved in the Girl Scouts? Actually, uh, I had been sitting on the board, and they had been doing a search for an executive director at that time, and um, somebody approached me, one of the some part of the search committee approached me to do it, and initially I said no, and said no several times, and then eventually I thought I should take a look at it, and and did, and went through the interviewing process, and then I found out that it actually is a, was an excellent job, and something that I would really want to do. Why did you say no initially? Uh, because I just didn't think I, I had never even considered working for a nonprofit. It's actually my first jo uh, first nonprofit job. I had actually I had in my mind other things that I was going to do, some of the things I was going to pursue. But the one thing that I have found in life is sometimes when things come to you in interesting and different ways, that you have to stop and take a look at it. Because sometimes, many times, people say they don't have opportunities when in fact opportunities came and went because they weren't looking. They didn't realize it was an opportunity. Were you a Girl Scout when you were younger? I actually was. <laughs> so you knew a little bit about the organization. Well, as a girl, you don't realize the organization, the business side of it, which is what my job entails. But as a girl, you just think about the fun and the things that you do. So I think I, I understood it in a sense that it's something that I remembered, and it was a very positive experience. Um, and I learned some new skills in that when I was a Girl Scout, I learned how to horseback ride, I learned how to do archery, I learned how to ice skate, things of that nature, um, which actually I have all used those things as I got older. So, How did you get involved with this, you know, this business career? Because it seems like you started off in social service almost. I started off by accident almost um, in public service working I went to Washington DC for a summer uh, for two months and I ended up spending 15 years there so it wasn't something that I had planned but when I got to DC I saw that there were some a lot of things going on that I had no understanding or really didn't have any context for but I realized that people were making important decisions that would affect my life at some level so at some point I felt like it was worth spending that time to get to know that and in that process, though, because Congress really deals with just about every conceivable subject matter you can think of, from the social sector side to the business side, because you're looking at laws that affect businesses and monetary growth, and et cetera, that it gave me, I thought, a, a really good background. And 
and sort of actually taught, uh, sort of wakened the passion in me, I guess for lack of a better word, of, um, of understanding how you could take something that's really interesting to you and actually make it a career. One of the things that I really learned in Washington is you meet all kinds of people there. And if you ever sat down and talked to them and you asked them what they studied in school, it would be X. And when you look at what they're doing, it was Y. It was so different. And it really taught me or t- made me think about how you can really carve out your future. And when you really think about it and you talk to these folks, they were all basically pursuing things that they were found interesting in their own life. And I think that helped me decide what to do. What originally took you to Washington, D.C.? I shouldn't really admit this, but um, I actually just like to travel. And every summer since I had been 14, I had always gone somewhere during the summer. And I always wanted to go to college back east. But because there were there's four girls in my family, three of us were uh, going to be in college at the same time, we took the practical path of going to to not traveling outside. I grew up in California, so California has some incredible great schools. So we all chose to go to California schools. And so I thought it was my last summer, my senior, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out how to go back east. So I literally walked around the campus, and I um, somehow found a program that could take me to back east. So I applied for the program and ended up getting a job. What kept you there for 15 years? It, it's, in, it's an interesting place. It's a place where lots of decisions are made. And I said, for me, I went uh, when I decided to stay, it was really so that I could actually learn what makes the world tick. Basically, you can see that happening in, in Washington, D.C. You know, you start thinking your day is going to be this, you watch the news, and you know your life just changed because it impacts the, what you're doing and the things that happen in the world. During your time at Washington, D.C., are you able to share with us maybe who was the most influential or impactful person, leader that you met and were able to talk to them and learn some important lessons that have carried with you till today? Oh, that's a hard question. I actually worked for seven elected officials. So actually, to me, that was the biggest benefit, was that you, when you work with seven different f- people, they have seven different styles and different, not only styles of leadership, but also just what they're interested in, what their constituency looks like, et cetera. Um, and so it t- that in itself taught me a lot about how to be flexible, how to how to focus on what you're supposed to get done, but finding the right style to work with each one of the various bosses, because they all had very different ways of doing things. So I can't say there was one one person. Oh, I guess I could say actually uh, I worked for the chairman of one committee, and I remember he started off the legislative session saying this one bill that he was working on was the most important bill of his career, and he had a long career in in, uh, Congress. So, of course, that puts the ante up and everyone's very focused on it and um we sp- it got it was a very complicated and very contentious bill that we were pr- pushing through we, we dealt with resources and this particular one had to do with uh water and energy there were two different bills actually and so we got through it we made all this big progress and it came down to actually signing the papers and somebody messed up on the paperwork and so it was like the close of business 11th hour uh, if if they had signed, he died. That would have been the bill would have died. So a parliamentar- parliamentarian had called me and told me that there was this major mess up on the paperwork and that we had to work it out. We, he gave us about a half an hour. Otherwise, the bill would have died. We spent two years trying to get this done. So one of us had to go tell our boss. And, of course, you would expect actually to be fired under those conditions. And first, The first and only thing he said is, 
what do I need to do to fix it? He said, I know nobody did this on purpose. What do I need to do? And he went and did it. We had to basically run around all over the place. And I thought afterwards that he had every right to come back and scream and yell and everything. He never did. He said he said what he said, and he said, I know no one did this. I know everyone did their best. And that was it. And it taught me a lot about how you treat people and how, you know, you can make a situation and you can turn it into a terrible thing. But that in itself almost galvanized the whole step because they realized what he could have done and he didn't do it and it really pushed us to move forward and to do other things so I think I learned from him about how you treat people and uh, with respect and that to always look at the intent of what people are doing as opposed to a particular situation thanks for tuning in stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Gail Mukaihata Hanneman. Gail has spent 15 years as a congressional aide and professional staff member of a U.S. House of Representative Legislative Committee. Gail, then what took you away from Washington, D.C.? Actually, my husband. <laughs> Uh, so you folks met in Washington, We met in Washington, D.C. many, many, many years ago. How did you guys meet? Well, I can tell you that we agree on how we met, and then after that the story changes <laughs> drastically. Uh, we were He was actually working for the Department of Interior, and I was working for a congressman who represented an area that had was multi-ethnic, and it had a lot of um, island, Asian Pacific Islanders. And so clearly I understood that. Pacific Asian side to it. There was the Pacific side of it in terms of some of the cultures I really didn't quite uh, get a full, had a full appreciation for. So actually, we uh, we had met actually at a congressman's reception and we started talking and I was asking him a lot of questions about Polynesian culture, which clearly that's what his orientation is. And then after that, that we, you know, we developed mainly a working relationship. So you guys so, worked for a while together and then We didn't work together. No, I don't know. It's not well. <laughs> that's where the story changes. Yeah, that's where the story changes. I was working. <laughs> I don't know what his story is, but I was working. <laughs> and, and then you, when you first moved to Hawaii, was it culture shock at all, or was, was it pretty comfortable? How was it for it's, you? Wasn't a cult. I grew up if, in L.A. area and in Gardena, Torrance area. If most everyone now knows where that is. And back then, actually, Gardena... Um, this was in the 60s and 70s. Had the mo- they had more Japanese Americans per capita than any other place in the United States. So it had, and I think Hawaii has a very similar Asian culture in that. There's a, there's obviously other mixes that go in there, but a lot of the the customs and things um, work the same. In fact, 
when I moved to D.C., it, it was very strange. That was a culture shock to me because it's a very different way of doing business. People are much more upfront. It's, it's, I want to say it's in your face because there's a lot of subtleties that go beyond, but it's a very different way of dealing with people. And I, I actually struggled in the beginning to kind of figure out how to find my place and to fit in. But I remember that one of the uh, longtime friendships that I've developed with this one friend of mine, it all started with, if you look at her, she looks very holly. She's an Italian-Irish um, extract. And um, she and I are like night and day, personality-wise, interest-wise, et cetera. But we became really good friends, and it came over a simple custom where we, were, we like food. So Italians love food. You know, I love food. And we were exchanging food back and forth and, of course, these little containers. And she actually knows it. She said to me, with the way you were brought up, can you never return something empty? And I thought, well, I don't know. I never thought about it. You know, you just do it. And I said, I guess so. That's how I was brought up. She goes, that's how I was brought up. And nobody else here understands that, you know. So that, you know, that actually, cult, that cultural orientation actually brought us close. But when, so coming to Hawaii, it was very similar how I grew up. You know, I actually missed that part, I think I would say, living in Hawaii, I mean, living in D.C. So it, feels, it felt like home from day one. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Gail Mukaihata Hanneman, CEO of the Girl Scout Council of Hawaii. Gail, you know, my biggest question is you're married to the mayor of Honolulu. And... How is it being married to the mayor on a daily basis? Hmm. In some ways, my life got better in a sense that um, he has just always been really busy and kept all kinds of schedules and never been very organized about it. So I can remember many times where he would be telling me it'd be five o'clock and say, oh, and did I tell you that dinner we're going tonight is a black tie, you know, and, and I keep saying, well, women, getting women, getting ready for a black tie is very different for men. He now has a, a really, he has some really good staff that keep him very organized and keep me informed. So that way, my on a practical basis, my life has gotten very good. On a daily basis, I guess I don't really, I mean... It's been, well, I should say from a personal point of view, it's been, I would say, a, a good thing in that Mufi has really loves what he's doing. And I think that ha- makes a big difference when somebody really enjoys what they're doing, even when it comes with all these headaches and, and heartaches and tough decisions. He really enjoys what he's doing. So that entail it makes it for really interesting day-to-day conversations and to just to watch somebody really enjoy their job. Is, I think is a really important thing to, to have in life. But on a practical basis, we both have very busy schedules, and um, our famous sort of line is when we 
whoever leaves that morning says, see you tomorrow. Because sometimes it is not till the next day that you actually see that person or actually have a conversation. I should say not so much see, but have that conversation. You are uh, in, in high levels of your company and pretty much all the companies that you've, you've been with. Now that uh, I'm sure a lot of people kind of say, oh, that's the mayor's wife, but you actually have a very strong career on your own. How do you distinguish yourself and keep yourself, you know, your own identity aside from, from that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, well, in my, my work world, I actually, I don't know if people really even think about me, what, that I'm happy to be married to, to Mufi. I mean, because work is work, and, you know, you've got, you're there focusing on what you need to be doing. It really doesn't even come up in, in that context. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> have you ever stopped I don't to know. think that it, it does help to say, you know, I am the mayor's wife? Oh, I would, I think <laughs> I err on that side where I would never do. I think, well, I, you actually bring a good, good point, though, because what it does do, though, is may, it does really, I, a lot of times I'll take a step back to make sure that even though I'm doing something that I know is, is, proper and okay it could be perceived as being something that um can be construed other ways and as everyone knows in politics perception sometimes becomes reality so in in some regards like for instance um i stay we actually have a national policy and a local policy that actually predates me coming on board that prohibits um the top employees from participating in political events or political think campaigns and um, being involved in issues that are not related to your core business. And um, so there are many things that I don't participate in all that maybe I should be as a wife, but because of my work, I, I, I pull back so that there is never that, that people don't think that I'm using my the Girl Scouts, which I think has an exceptionally great brand name. And, and people have a lot of goodwill and aloha for it towards something that could be perceived as politically advantageous. What is it about what you're doing now that you love so much that you can give that part up for what you are doing? What do you mean by giving up? Because, you know, if you if you have to preclude yourself from certain things, whether it's, um, you know what I mean? You can't be involved with certain political things, things that maybe they were like, how come you're not here, or so on, but, you you know, you, you do it anyways. Does that make sense? Um, I, it's like you're giving up one part of it to... Make a difference. Doing I think something I don't else. see it so much as giving up. I see it more as balancing. You know, I mean, for one thing, you can't do everything. If you try to do everything, it doesn't. Nothing works. So it's um, knowing where my priority is at that time, and and also having a good understanding with in in this particular case with Mufi, he knows why I don't show up to certain things. Um, so it's so as long as he's not upset. If everyone else wants to get upset. It, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> I can do something about the way, you know, the people in my immediate world feel about something, but I can't you can't please everybody and so you know, and just like in life in general, you prioritize, you know where you're at. Sometimes it changes. I mean, you that's kind of what you're referring to too. Mm-hmm. You have different stages in your life and in this particular stage in my life when I have a responsibility to the Girl Scouts, um that is high on my priority. It doesn't change my responsibilities or my relationship as a wife, but it could change my professional or how the, you know, my public duties, I should say. You're also the chairwoman for the Hawaii Alliance for Arts. Are you able to tell us a little bit about that organization and your involvement? Yes, um, the, the Alliance is an organization. It's, an, 
it's sort of the umbrella group for most of the uh, art organizations in the state of Hawaii. We're affiliated with the Kennedy Center, and the Kennedy Center has one alliance in each state across the nation. And what we are trying to do is trying to find ways to support the arts, so not just pub- from public support as well as to find resources that we can that can help the, uh, make the arts thrive. So on a practical level, we we do uh, we have three strands. We work in the community, we work in education, and we work in advocacy area. So our uh, educational components, we work very closely with the others who in the stakeholders in the state that have to do with developing curriculum for kids in the school. Our goal is to make sure that every child has a quality arts education in K through five. In our community project, we like to, we want to be able to demonstrate that the arts are a vibrant part of the community, both as from a social aspect, but also from an economic point of view. So one of the projects that we have going now is the Arts at Mark's Garage. We started that project to sort of um, to embrace those philosophy. And then the advocacy go, speaks to public policy and the development of issues related to it. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Hawaiian time, Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites, For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Gail Mukaihata Hanneman, CEO of the Girl Scout Council of Hawaii and wife of Honolulu Mayor Mufi Hanneman. What brings you to be so involved in the arts in Hawaii? For when, Well, I always say that uh, my parents spend lots of money to find out I have no talent. So it wasn't about necessarily that I am such a talented human being that I just want to find venues in order to to do my thing. But it was really, when I thought about it, is it, the, what the arts taught me. And um, when I moved to Hawaii, it was, it's kind of two parts to the question. When I moved to Hawaii, I was trying to find some. Mufi and I have very similar professional backgrounds. We both have been involved in public policy, et cetera. Um, and I knew, very, uh, I knew from the day one that he wanted to be um, in public policy or public uh, elected official or in that public policy arena, I should say, and I kind of I not that I wanted to stay out of it, but there's 
it would be too much to two of us being in the same field. So I was looking for some things that I could personally contribute to in a public policy way, but that would kind of stay out of the areas that he was interested in. And he was interested, he's always been very much interested in business development, et cetera. And so I looked, and so I looked down and I was looking at all the things that were happening in Hawaii or not happening, I should say, for that matter. And what I felt was, would be a meaningful thing for me to contribute um, efforts toward. And it ended up being at the arts. At that time, the state was doing major budget cuts. And a lot of times when there's budget cuts, it's the arts go first. And what I was thinking about was my personal experience in that um, most everyone is more like me, where they don't really aren't going to be an artist. They don't really have artistic being. But we're all human beings. And the arts and the culture really speak to that part of the human being. And I know from my side, when I look at it, some of the things that I learned in the arts really helped me in my professional experiences today. So, for example, I learned my um, I learned my fractions by studying music because it's all about counting measures and bars and notes and et cetera, et cetera. I also learned I had a teacher who was very into music theory and listening and harmony and things like that. Those skills that you learn when you're trying to hear notes and figuring out what the harmony is, things like that, the same skills you use when you go into meetings and there's all this discord going on or all this thing is going on. You're trying to pick out the different sounds or the notes or what's going on and then trying to, if your job in my particular case in the CEO, is in trying to take that stuff and harmonize it or to align it or to figure out which note is out of tune and how to get it back. And so it's the same exact skill. Same thing with the visual arts when you study. It's about being able to see space, spatial relations. And that very much has uh, and plays a part into business development and understanding relationships and, and things of that nature. So I feel that it's important for every child to have that, as well as somehow, you prob- I mean, you know, being in a studio, music, and art just speaks, it has a common language. I mean, you don't necessarily have to understand that language to know, to have that music or that piece of art or that performance, you know, pull at your, your heartstrings. So that's how I got involved. The interesting part, though, is that it almost, where I had had more success keeping my Girl Scouts separate from MUFI, the arts have actually collided, even though that was the one area that I made, I thought that I was making this effort to make sure that I stay completely out of the same arena. It's actually now in his role as mayor and my role in terms of doing the community development part where the alliance have actually crossed over. So one of the areas would be the Chinatown, the redevelopment. We had kind of gone, uh, Marks, Arts at Mark's Garage is in that corridor that we that many of us have had the vision of trying to help um, change uh, through the arts. And it's also has become one of the priorities of um, of MUFI's administration um, on a broader scope, not just the arts, on a broader scope. But so it's it's interesting now. There's a summit that's coming up on Chinatown Summit, and the alliance will play a small part in that. One is that we're part of presenters. I'm actually not going to do the presenting, but there we have a presentation. And then also we had won a grant from the Ford Foundation. The Ford Foundation on their economic development section has awarded, it's turned out, I think it's nine of us now across the nation on demonstration projects to show how the arts can transform communities. And so through that, they're also giving us additional funding to to try to entice people in the Chinatown area to come up with bright ideas. We have this grant that we're going to give, the, well, grants probably, like these mini little um Grants, I guess, is probably the right word for people who come up with bright ideas to try to to uh, improve the Chinatown area. So it's it's an example where sometimes your best intents 
ends up not working out the way you want it. I'm not complaining. It's just it, I find it sort of ironic. But it also speaks to what the arts about, is about, and it's about building communities, and that's what the mayor does, too. They, he's supposed to be building communities, too. So, Do you sing? Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay, no. Good thing you, you, you won't said be that doing duets. Would... No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.